time for the Sunday Session panel now. And joining me this morning, we've got Liam here, partner at Free Barn and Hair Lawyers. How are you, Liam? Good morning, I'm well, and yourself? Good, thank you. Also joined by Business Desk Investments Editor, host of Cooking the Book podcast, and also summer talkback host, Francis Cook. How are you, Francis? <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> excellent, excellent. <laughs> hey, if I can start with you first, Liam, has the year started well for Labour and Chris Hipkins? A couple of polls would indicate it has. Oh, look, very well. I mean, you know, the story of last year was a story of decline to, for Labour when they were you know, consistently behind enough that you would say that there was a, a, a much more likely than not chance that they would lose power. Um, they, they executed a leadership uh, change. They, they did it seamlessly. Um, they caught everyone by surprise with the timing and how well it was executed. And as a result, um, they're right back in it. So you have to say that it's uh, been pretty much a perfect start to the year for Labour. Oh, absolutely. Your thoughts, Francis? Yeah, I do think the way that the leadership change was carried out was key to how successful it was. It looked very smooth, very seamless. There was no infighting and all of that looks stable. It looks like people who are ready to govern. Um, And then what they've done next with, with the pivoting to what they're constantly calling bread and butter issues, get ready to be totally sick of that phrase by the end of the year. I mean, it is a refocus on the things that New Zealanders have been saying they want to refocus on. So it has been quite smooth, quite seamless, a good start to the year for Labour. And of course, Liam, we've got to keep an eye on this because it's very easy to rename a policy or rename an idea. But if the actual, the heart of it's not changing, you've sort of got to keep an eye on that, don't you? And we won't really know until we get more detail uh, about sort of the changes that they're going to make to to certain, you know, policies which already exist. Yeah, and this is the challenge, right? So, you know, um, the, the reason why Labour was, was falling in popularity or why people were looking around for change was simply that, you know, um, we're coming into very difficult economic times and there's just there's no credibility for, for the for the Ardern government that had the answers to that. Now, you can rename things all you like, but yeah. the point is there were three really capable ministers in the Ardern government. There was Ardern herself, there was Mark Robertson, and there was Chris Hipkins. And the three of them were really ran, ran the government. And so, you know, in, in a lot of ways, Chris Hipkins can refocus, he can, he can drop things, but he can't escape the fact that actually he was a very important part of the previous government. He's in many ways a continuity choice. Uh, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, if, if, if it's the, a new tin on the same, you know, stale piece of bread, uh, it's not really going to last. I mean, y- y- people will have a honeymoon period. That's true. People will assess the new prime minister. They'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Mm. But actually, unless there's actually a fresh new approach, um, that, that will eventually wear off. Francis, um, Claire Trevette wrote in the Herald yesterday, it's no longer enough for Luxon to rely on people getting sick of Labour or to roll out the same old lines he was using against the Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern that the Labour government cannot deliver and is out of touch with New Zealanders' concerns. Do you agree? Do you think that um, Christopher Luxon does need to lift his game and work out how to get some momentum going? Well, I think we've already seen that in some of the polls that have come through, right? And you've you've got to be careful about polls. You've got to take them with a pinch of salt. You've got to look at the overall trend across more than one of them. But we're already seeing Christopher Luxon has taken a bit of a dip. Chris Hipkins has shot up in popularity. You know, people are enjoying this change. Now, partly people just like shiny new object. It's interesting. It's someone new. You get to know them. Um, but also Chris Hipkins is a good choice in terms of the man for the current times. He's 
a bit tougher than Ardern was on things like crime, which has been a real issue. And so as we're heading into an election where things like crime, things like the cost of living are going to be a big issue, he is a person who has credibility on those issues. So Crystal Luxon is going to need to work quite hard. I think one of the issues for him, we saw John Key really manage to be quite an everyman, despite the fact that we all knew he was a millionaire. He still came across like a guy that you would enjoy having a beer with. And I think that was really key to his popularity. Christopher Luxon struggles a bit more on that front. We all know he's you know, got a lot of investment properties. He's been a very successful businessman. And when you're heading into a cost of living election, then you really, really don't want to come across like you're out of touch with those struggles of the daily people. So I think that will be a key one that he has to focus on this year, seeming like he understands that struggle for everyday people. And Liam, Luxon shouldn't be panicking about this this good start that Labour's had in the polls just yet. But what should he be focusing on to sort of bring some attention back? And, and, and you know, we do need to move away from the line that he will get things done. He either needs to show us or prove us he can get things done or, um, you know, we just need a little bit more, a little bit more detail almost. Yeah, well, there is policy to come. And, you know, it's um, in, in 2017, another change election, uh, most Labour Party, Party policy wasn't released until three months um, before the election. And there's actually still quite a bit of time to go. Mm. But look, I, I would just say, look, you know, it, for people who are involved in politics, you know, we love the sense of drama. Um, <laughs> we always we, we think that political actors should be engaged in doing things and setting the agenda but the reality is, is that, you know, we're, we are subject to forces and trends. And it has always been the case in New Zealand that incumbent governments don't lose elections. Uh, sorry, don't, incumbent governments don't, uh, oppositions don't win elections. Incumbent governments lose them. Right. And so, look, it's, you know, what Luxon should be doing, absolutely no panicking. Panic, there's no sense in panicking. It doesn't help anything. But actually, National has to position themselves as a credible alternative government they have to be willing to step in when people tire and lose faith in the existing government. And actually, I truly believe that is all that you can expect an opposition to do. Yeah. So, you know, don't panic. Don't do a big course correction. Don't try and get over your skis and get yourself in trouble in some way. People will want to see stability. And when they're ready to change government, they will. Francis, the Aussies have decided to strip the British monarchy from its banknote. So the Aussie $5 bill um, is, features the late Queen Elizabeth II. She's not going to be replaced with King Charles III. They're going to put an Indigenous design on on this um, on this note. Here, of course, in New Zealand, we still have Queen Elizabeth II on our $20 note. How would you feel about removing, not having um, Queen Elizabeth or King Charles on a note and, and maybe replacing it with something? else or someone else does that appeal to you i think it's a really interesting choice i mean i've got to be totally honest the monarchy and i think this is a problem for the monarchy in new zealand in general i just don't care one way or another they they feel totally irrelevant to me i think probably a lot of new zealanders feel the same in that uh they might technically be our royals as well but that's not how we refer to them is it we refer to them as the british royals um and i think you know, the Aussies getting rid of them, that's definitely a first step towards becoming a republic. If New Zealand was to do the same, that would also be a clear sign. I do think we're probably going to see more things like this now that the Queen has gone. I think a lot of us are only stuck with it out of respect for the Queen and 
people probably don't feel the same about King Charles. What do you think, Liam? Would you would you like to replace King Charles, Queen Elizabeth? Well, well, I'm a staunch monarchist, which is different to being a royalist. So I don't really care about the royal family, but I think constitutional monarchy is, is a good system. And so, you know, like all things being equal, I'd rather have the king on the on the note for that for that reason. But I don't really care that much. What I probably care about more uh, is is two things. So, firstly, you know, Republicans have always uh, have always contended with Republicans, and the, the goal always was was that when the Queen passed away, that would be the perfect opportunity to change systems and become a republic. If they've scaled their ambitions back to getting um, one uh, the $20 note changed, that's fine by me. That's a much something I can live with rather than actually changing the system. Uh, but the other thing is, I would be more annoyed if the decision to change the note was simply made by the Reserve Bank, by Adrian, or operating off their own initiative, um, uh, you know, to um, to 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 do what Wellington thought, you know, the, the times require. I think this is the type of thing where we are talking about our constitution. We're talking about, you know, how how government works. This is something that should have a political, um, uh, be a political dimension to it. It should be led by politicians and not by the Reserve Bank. So it would just annoy me if it was this undemocratic decision to, to do it. Uh, but apart from that, don't really care. Liam here, Francis Cook, thanks so much for your thoughts today. Good to talk to you both.